She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. I need to tell all of you, all of you gather around. An annual Twilight watching is required. I'm pretty sure that's like literary foreplay. How else do you win favor amongst the group without showing them your glorious penis? Spice talk. Okay, do the foot job. Oh, so this yin and yang is Molly and I. Hey, hey, hey! Season three, Molly. Never shit together. Like season three. Woman. Nobody's got any crazy life shit going on. I mean, mm. okay. Asterix. Asterix. <laughs> Um, um, dot 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 yeah you're starting a new job (laughs) I am starting a new job yes (laughs) um so I I but yeah we're in season three and I um can finally share how I almost moved to Ohio (laughs) yeah it's about damn time this story started like in the freaking winter so like yeah so I mentioned I'm gonna get comfy for this one Okay. Yeah, I can't remember if it was our <laughs> last episode of season two. I think so. I mentioned that I uh, had been looking for another job since like February. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working in a middle school and now I'm going to be back at a public library. But I actually interviewed for four different jobs. I withdrew my candidacy for one of them, which I can't really talk about that one because it's kind of a it's a secret library job. So I can't really divulge that one. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, the mouse there... will come for you. No, <laughs> not, not that kind of secret. I'm kidding. It's, it's not a Disney thing, but, um, uh, what it a is a military, be, though. it is a military contract. So I'm not going to go into that, but, um, I interviewed for three other jobs in yeah. three different States. One was in Florida, one was in Ohio and one was here in the, coastal Virginia area. And um, I turned down the one in Ohio, uh, or I'm sorry, in Florida pretty quickly because they weren't going to negotiate salary. No. Um, and they do not pay librarians, public servants in general enough in Florida to live Bad. in fucking Florida. Right. So, um, so I did turn that one down. Um, but the one in Ohio uh, was in a rural County and it's kind of the dream job for me. I would be, the children's librarian for the county. Um, and they negotiated I too. They still didn't meet me where I wanted to be, but they did negotiate my salary. Um, and the cost of living is less than Ohio, in Ohio than where I live in Virginia. Actually, the state of Virginia is like one of the higher cost of living mm-hmm. states in the country. Uh, and I live in the coastal side of it. So yeah, it's, it's a lot here. Um, so it was going to be comparable for us. So we were all set to move. We actually pulled the kids out of school a couple of days and went for a second round interview in person and showed the boys around because I've talked about started before. house hunting even like we did. We started house hunting. I talked about this before that my oldest son is autistic. And so like to transition him to a different state, like that was just going to be hard. So, so we did the things to try to make that easier. Um, and I was offered an interview 
with the job here in Virginia um, while I was in Ohio. And so I actually interviewed shortly after my Ohio interview. And as it turned out, um, I had already accepted the job in Ohio, Mm -hmm. thinking I did not get the one here. And lo and behold, they came through with an offer um, and uh, agreed to meet my current salary, which is just amazing. So I'm not even take a pay cut. It is a little longer of a commute for me, but like, I don't care. I love audiobooks And like, I actually prefer, I know people think this is crazy. Um, although Nurse Katie has agreed with me on this. I actually prefer those 30 to 40 minutes in the car by myself. Like it helps me I, like, I like center it. myself. Yeah. I miss it. When I was commuting from Baycliff to Houston, when I was stationed at the sector, it was mm-hmm. my quiet time. Yeah. Like I wasn't responsible for Coast Guard babies and right. I wasn't responsible for my babies in that window. It right. was just me, the road, right. the rest of the world, it left me right. alone and and my commute when I, I like I had a very lengthy commute in Florida and Texas that was like an hour in both of those places and like a lengthy hour commute in Texas can be like right down the fucking road. Like right. The traffic in Houston, Houston is, is just 20 minutes stupid. away from Houston in yeah, Texas. It's, it's stupid. It's like stupid. it's stupid traffic. It's you so can stupid. drive from one side of Houston, South Houston to North Houston in like right. two hours. Like it's stupid. Stupid. Um, but uh, like, I don't mind a commute. And so actually when we were looking in Ohio, we were looking at uh, places that were about 45 minutes, 50 minutes from where I um, would have worked. Uh, I think I would have been happy there, but I'm really happy that we're staying put, that we do not have to move. I'm happy you're um, staying put. I know. Actually, one of the things I said was like, Molly just moved four hours away. I haven't even seen her in person yet. And now we're going to go move to a different state. But I mean, um, I love you, but that's not why we moved here. But I'm so glad you're close. <laughs> I know. We still need to work it out. Besties, we are trying to work it out that we can actually film in person. Like, yeah. We're trying these days. We're trying. It's um, just but I am starting a new job. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, um, when we are filming this, it's just a couple of days before I start. But when this episode premieres, I'll have been at my job for about a week. Um, and so, you know, because we have to film ahead, like right. secrets of the pod, right? So, um, but I'm very excited. I'm still going to be a children's librarian, but instead of being like the children's librarian for the county, I will be the children's librarian for one branch. I actually have the exact same responsibility load. It's just that I'm in a much bigger city Mm -hmm. um, where I'm going to be than where I was going to be in Ohio. Um, And I'm not going to release that city because one of the things we do is we talk about, we live in a state. We don't, we never release our cities. We don't really talk about specifically where we work and, um, I so, mean, you people will find us eventually. That's how the internet works. But yeah. we'd like. To I mean, my students found me. But yeah, um, well, that's a whole other yeah. fucking problem. Don't mind me. Yeah. I'm just suggesting. Sorry. Um, <laughs> new, oh my new, gosh. new season. I missed you. Same Molly. <laughs> new season. Same Molly. Um, I missed you. I missed uh, you too. I honestly got a little bit of chills when we said the intro. There I know because it's like, been a while. It's been two weeks. It's, yeah, and also one of those weeks at the end of that season, you weren't even around. Like we had Katie filling in. I know. So- I'm still tired, by the way. I have not had any real sleep. Like I went from COVID to COVID mm-hmm. recovery to travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back into work, and like I love this work, so I'm not complaining one bit. Right. It's just your homegirl's tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I have been enjoying two weeks of not working. And so I've just been reading like crazy. So like, I actually. Guys, she's already in season four. 
Like, let's not lie. She's already no. done with the season three book. That's not true. I've read all of the July books plus I'm, an I'm extra book, which was a sequel you know to one point. of the July books. <laughs> and now I'm reading a, a series that we're not even covering until December because, like, I just Speaking of, have time. Um, I don't want to. Uh, look what came in the mail. <gasps> it's so Ooh, pretty. It's so pretty. Um, for those listening to us on audio, I'm holding up Cats and Yammer from our friend Chessie. Oh, our friend Chessie. Francesca Zappia. I had uh did the pre-order and got the book yeah. and everything. But the artwork's beautiful. It, it's just look how shiny it is. That is so beautiful. Francesca, my love, you should be very proud. This is gorgeous. Yes, it's beautiful. Gorgeous. I love it. And I had to show it off. I had to show it off first thing. I had to. Oh, absolutely. And like I love that there's gonna be like some stuff that wasn't in the we we had arcs for that book because right. she came on our show. That's why I got um, this because I wanted to see the artwork. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's so talented. Damn talented. I, I, she's been she's been doing these uh Instagram reels. I think she actually does them on TikTok and posts yeah. them to Instagram. But as we've established, you do, you're on TikTok and I'm on Instagram. Um, but she's been doing these things where she's been talking about like herself as a child. Like she does yeah. herself as a child and herself as an adult. And she's talking about turning Monstrous Sea into a graphic novel. And I'm just like, please do that. Lord, I would read the hell I mean, out of that. I, I think everybody would. It's amazing. It's I amazing. Love Mon- My kids. I, I, I want to read Monstrous Sea. Like I, I want to read everybody it. Everybody wants Monstrous Sea. Yeah, Monster C now. Monster so, C now. Anyway. Hashtag Monster C now. Hashtag Monster C now. And and Chesie will actually be back on this season for season yes! three. She's going to come in. We're not going to actually read one of her books. One of her favorite books, right? Um, and we're reading Station Eleven. Um, and I'm excited because that's actually one of my like top tier books too. And I, I don't think I you've think read, I read it, it, right? Maybe. Oh well, it, if it if it didn't make an impression on you, then you haven't read it because it's. That doesn't mean anything. I have the memory of a goldfish. You know that. (laughs) The ADHD is strong with this one. Fair enough. So today (laughs) we're kicking off July. We're doing uh, like poolside, beachy, like we're doing reads that are like, you know, quick. Romancy, light, fun. Yeah, light, fun, Um, which I've just like, I've been basically reading porn by by the pool. Like this is what's happening. Hashtag no judgment. So I feel like there's judgment. Um, but today we're talking about Beach Read by Emily Henry. This is the first Emily Henry that I had read. First one, um, too. And I immediately went and bought uh, The People We Meet on Vacation. And I had already pre-ordered and received Book Lovers. And I'm putting Book Lovers on season four, Molly. It's happening. Like, I'm obsessed with her now. This book was just like, oh, okay, well, I'm giving too much away. So how about I do a synopsis? Let's hit it. Okay. January Andrews writes Happily Ever Afters. Her college rival, Augustus Everett. Oh, that name. Mm, that's that's amazing. It's writes a leading seri- man name for sure. It is. Writes serious fiction with very little happy. When January's dad dies suddenly, she is left with his lake cabin and the knowledge of his ongoing affair with a woman who shared it with him. In a weird twist of fate that would only happy happen in a rom-com, Gus is her next-door neighbor. The two reconnect as writing partners for the summer, both attempting to win a bet for who can sell a book written in the other's style. Along the way, there's a lengthy cast of characters, family secrets, and unrequited flames rekindling. The book is grumpy sunshine, enemies to lovers, second chance romance, and a fantastic slow burn. Also, there's good sex, so there's that. (laughs) And a miscommunication trope. Yeah, of course. I mean, you cannot have a romance novel without miscommunication. You can't have, you can't have enemies and lovers without a miscommunication trope. 
I think it's just like I another book that we read uh for this month, which I know you haven't finished yet, so I don't want to give too much away, but I was like reading it and I told Tom, Tom walked in, he was like, how's the book? I was like, well, we've reached the miscommunication trope. And he goes, okay. <laughs> Cause he just knows, he just knows like, that's where we are now. I was finishing this <laughs> book on uh, the plane ride home in like the last four mm-hmm. hours. And I hit a sex scene and I literally just pulled an ear because Matthew was sitting with the girls in the mm-hmm. on the aisle across from me. And I just pulled the ear pot out and put it in his ear and just made him listen to it. <laughs> and then I paused nice. it, took it back and he's like, Hey, I wasn't done with that. I'm pretty sure that's like literary foreplay, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> I just like screwing with him because he never knows what I'm going to give him. Right. Nice. Sometimes it's a murder scene. Sometimes it's like, scary scary monsters and then sometimes it's just a sex scene randomly yeah random i love that matthew biggs just kind of goes with it and he's like okay cool let's do this i I keep seeing this series on like floating around on uh bookstagram the planet we don't talk we don't talk bookstagram Bookstagram is not good for us in season two but um but beach read is one i saw on bookstagram and that one was good for me but the planet barbarian ice barbarians or something like that and i, I know that t- one yet. you haven't seen that so no. i like it's not i don't think like that kind of romance would be my jam but like tom loves like alien porn so <laughs> like did, you, did even, you give him the one we posted on our our our, our book club did no i did it that one you should get <laughs> no. him that one like alien i'm not even or whatever <laughs> i'm not even embarrassed to say that my husband likes alien porn but i keep trying to convince him to read that book like i think he would like it but um anyway he's not been reading lately it's been uh it's been like mostly non-fiction stuff he hasn't been reading fiction lately well, I but, think, like if we're not re- if i'm caught up for pod i take reading breaks mm-hmm. it, it, it helps the adhd like well i took a reading break yesterday because i had just read like three books in seven. what no four books in like seven. a week <laughs> yeah oh. it was like four books in a week um and so i watched twilight yeah it was time no shame zero shame the, the an annual twilight watching is required but you it's have to do absolutely it necessary you have to watch oh, as yeah. many videos as you can movies as you oh, can yeah. before you fall asleep and then when the kids go to bed you pick back up where you left off that's exactly well, I, how we do it I All had already, it was already too late to watch more than one of them. So I'll watch the other ones today. But it's a, anyway. it's a millennial must have. It is a yeah. millennial must have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, listen, I know it's terrible. I know the acting in the oh, first movie and the direction is bad. We know. But I'm still going to fucking watch it. And because every, we love it. Every fucking time that, that Edward stops that van and that look he gives about, fuck, it's hot. Okay, it's hot. All right, should we do questions? Because we're 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 fifteen minutes in. This is the first episode of season three. We're already a shit show. It's fine. Let's. Keep I feel like at it. this point, people know what they're getting into. You know what? With us. Before we start into the questions, I'm going to drop my hot take, and then we'll go. I don't like Robert Pattinson. Okay. I don't. Think I thought he's Edward. Look, I, 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 I'm I okay with like that. Robert I Pattinson. thought you were going to say something against this book and I was immediately. Oh no, I have, I have, I have, I do have angry words no. for this book you're going to get mad about, but that's beside no. the point. Let's jump into the no. questions and then we'll mm-hmm. go get into it. I mean, I gave it a four out of five, so I'm not going to rate it perfection. Okay. I get right. it. It's not perfection, but here we are. All right. So first question, let's start this off. This is the first en- Emily Henry for both of us. So, did you like her writing style? Will you read her again? Um, what do you think? 
Okay, so we are going to get into my beef real early. Um, You know what? Fuck you. There are times I like her writing style. If I'm giving her writing style a rating from 1 to 10, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Because... Okay, when you get to the third book of this month, uh I think you'll change your rating. (laughs) Okay, that's good to know. Um, My beef with it is, she does really great in describing, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But there is times where the descriptions just go on... And on and on. Like, she's just, like, the editor goes, look, this part of the book needs more detail. And so she went, like, she leaned heavy into that. And, like, like the whole thing when we're talking, they go to the camp, and they're sitting there, and, like, she's talking about the, like, she literally does all of the five senses. When an yeah. author is told to write with the five senses, it doesn't, look at me, guys. I need you guys, my young authors, to hear this. When they tell you to write with the five senses, it doesn't fucking mean all five senses. It means to put description in. It is not a literal statement. Do you guys hear me? Look me in the eyes. Tell me you hear me. I just want authors not who are writing sex thing. scenes to stop including smell. I don't I, I don't need that to be part but of the sex. I, like, at all. Like, I at all. like the way she progressed the story. I like the, the love, like, tropes can be hard. Period. Mm-hmm. Tropes yeah. can be hard to write. Tropes can become very cliche. Mm-hmm. She did that very seamless. She did the the family dynamic and the family struggle seamless. She did the pain seamless. But there mm-hmm. are just times in this book, there's like three or four times where I was just like, okay, rambling on. Let's let let let's pick this up. I I feel like like I understand that there would not be a story if it weren't for like her dad's like secret love right. affair. But I. I felt that took away from the main story. And so, like, I don't think you need the affair for him to have given her the cabin. Well, that would have still led her there and been next to Gus. It, well, um, the, the cabin so that was, for, that was the reason why it wasn't a five for me. Because I cabin, thought that story was not necessary. So that story is supposed to give her a parallel for a minute, right? Because yeah. she realizes that Gus is in a marriage too, and she's technically the other woman. Just mm-hmm. like her dad's got, you know what I mean? So right. there's a parallel there that she's, it, it, it's a light one. It's, and it's such a loose it's, parallel. And though. it's a reach. I know it's a reach, it's but a it's there. Parallel. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I, I I think, to be honest with you, the cliches that and tropes that we have in this book, uh-huh. like, I think the slow burn that she puts together is one of the best that I've read. Now, I'm going to go ahead and compare it to Love Hypothesis, because that is one we both really enjoyed, right. and it's a slow burn. But we only got one sex scene with Love Hypothesis. Right. Like, we only got that one, um, you know, yeah, we got, I mean, really, it was just the one climax. Let's just use that right. word, because we can, you know, double entendre right. that. Um, so... It, you only get one scene of that. Whereas this book gives you a relationship within a right. slow burn. And right. like, I preferred that. Like I watched them go from enemies to lovers, to friends to like, obviously there are feelings here, even if they're just physical and now we're banging and then we talk about it and then we bang again. Like I, I like that. I normally don't like it when an author does this, but I would love to see this book from Gus's point of view. Yeah, I think it would be hot. Like Gus, but, would, but well, I do worry torment. I think there's a lot of torment on the Gus side. Right? But I do and, worry if we got that, we would have a situation of Breaking Dawn, where I swear to God, Dawn, if they, it, 
Mm. Not Breaking Dawn. Midnight uh, Sun. Midnight Sun, where now I don't really like Edward as well, because I was like, I don't oh, think that'd be the case here. He's a creeper. I mean, I don't know this author's writing very well, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like, based off of her writing, I don't think so. Like, Stephanie Myers' writing grew and changed as she mm-hmm. re- published more books. Mm-hmm. I I don't know her writing, but I feel like her writing, as a if this since this is her first book, this feels consistent, right? It feels yeah. like a solid style that she has worked out. Stephanie like, Myers was a slow burn developing, right? No, I don't even no. They were insta love. No, I mean like like her growth as a author was a slow burn. Yeah. Right? Like I don't know. a gradual I, thing. I um like I have now read all three books that we're going to read this season and the sequel to the third book that we're going to read this season. And of the three of them, this is my favorite. Even if you include the fourth bonus book, I really liked January and Gus. I don't like the name January. I, like I understand that. the whole like Woman, January. your name is a month too. I don't like my name either. Oh, like. Okay. Well, then your feelings are bad. But at least my <laughs> name is like an, a, an actual name. Like, besides January Jones, who else do you know that's that. named January? Nobody. Um, to me, I, that was the place. I'm sure it's in the name. census somewhere. We can look it up. Yeah. Well, but I loved Augustus Gus. Oh, I loved it. All right. So let's go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, January's family has secrets that she doesn't find out about until her dad dies. Gus's family has secrets that he lived through. Uh, did you find both sets of secrets believable? And do you think the secrets influenced their individual writing? Um, I think Gus was broken from his, sec- mm-hmm. like his childhood and what was mm-hmm. going on. And his writing is definitely a, the writing style of someone that is tortured, right? The right. tortured artist. He is the quintessential written, dark and twisty, dark and twisty, tortured mm-hmm. artist. Um, I think her having a crisis of identity after mm-hmm. learning the truth about her father is very relatable. Yeah. I think all of this is realistic. None of it mm-hmm. feels like out of the, like all of this could, if I talked to a stranger and they told me this was their story, like January story was their story. I'd believe it. Right. Yeah. Because secret people, families happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I mean, I've talked about it before and I'll talk about it again. I had a childhood full of trauma. Gus's childhood trauma sounds very relatable to a lot Mm -hmm. of people I've known from different support groups and that whatnot. It is very, it all is very believable. Mm -hmm. And in books like this where you're throwing in a bunch of tropes and stuff, it's Mm -hmm. nice to have the believable storyline. But when it, even for authors, look, being a published author is hard. Two Mm -hmm. people being published authors from the same class school and the same class. Mm -hmm. And like they were in the same writing class, even though he was a senior and she was a sophomore feels like a stretch, but was that the case? I thought they were the same year. No, I think he was a couple years older. I think think he's a little bit older. I think, no, I think he's a fangirl. I don't have the book on me. I don't have the physical hard copy to prove you wrong, but (laughs) damn, (laughs) I'm that strong. I feel like he's ahead. I feel that strong about my opinion. I really do think he was older. I think she was I just remember was the senior. conversation, like the part where she was talking about they lived in the same dorm. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't usually happen. But, he, they, were in, but they were in a class together and she was talking about how he was a senior and because she was talking about how Shadi and her would talk about how all the sophomores liked him and he, he wouldn't give anybody the time of day. That's because he liked her. 
right like but, January. Right, but that was a whole different. Well, I don't know. I can't I tell either. you if you're right because I, I need have to, read, now I'm I've read four books Amazon. since then. No, so I, I don't know. <laughs> now I need to get on Amazon and look it up. <laughs> get the book. <laughs> I don't I like ha- not to be able to prove my point. Well, it's fine. I have the physical book, so we'll look it up later and we'll uh, put it in the and I And I'll heartedly admit if I was wrong, but I was pretty sure he was a different school year level. I was pretty sure. I really sure can't remember. I can't remember. It doesn't matter, um, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought the secrets were really believable. I mean, secret families definitely happen. I really Word. took... I really took an issue with, um, with her dad's secret being coming out after he died. Like to me, that just felt it, it, it was selfish on his part. Yeah, but it, when we get later in the book, and January actually has the conversation with the mistress, like the conversation right. that she's been trying to have since jump, we find out that they were together when her parents were separated. Not, yeah. They yeah. were separated. They were not divorced. They were separated, but like they never were intimate while he was with her mom. It just so, feels selfish of him to like, it's like, a, I need to clear my conscience before I die kind of thing. Mm, and yeah. it, it feels very selfish. Like I had a very, we were on a break moment. Like, yes. Okay. They weren't, they were separated. Like maybe. Yeah. But are you Team Ross or Rachel? Listen, as a kid watching that show, I was totally Team Rachel. That guy cheated. As an adult, I'm like, she literally broke up with him. I don't recall it that way, but I. She literally said, I don't know. We're done. And that's right. She did say we're done. But I'm not a fan of Rachel, so I will always go against Rachel. he, he, He says, How can this be it? And she's like, Because it is. So, like, okay. Mm hmm. This can't be the end, but it is. So, yeah, they were, they were, they were on a break. Yeah. I don't think you should go bang somebody the night you're on a break, but, Absolutely not. But that's, you know, whatever. I mean, everybody feels differently, I guess. I guess. If you need to heal with putting your dick in someone else. I don't know. Whatever. Um, January. Nope. Skipped a question. Which is a better trope? Enemies to lovers or friends to lovers? Enemies lovers. I love enemies mm. lovers. You have mm. more to overcome. Yeah. So and, and you get witty banter with enemies yeah. to lovers. So I like that they're frenemies. Like right. I I had a frenemy in high school that um, we were in the same journalism program and we actually went to rival colleges to study journalism mm-hmm. and like uh, you know, we were very like we were frenemies. Um and actually went on a couple of dates uh in college because it was always there that right. you, that deep loathing of somebody it's there's still know. sexual tension with deep loathing. Yeah. Yeah. It never went anywhere with the two of us because we were obviously not that compatible. was <laughs> right. We were not compatible for other reasons, but, um, but yeah, I love a good enemies to lovers. Like uh, I think it, this one does it really well. They've always had that sexual tension and they've always like, you know, kind of been frenemies and mm-hmm. it, it, uh, you had to bang that out eventually, I guess. I mean, uh, yes, I, I guess. <laughs> Except for our mutual frenemy. That is not a bang out kind of situation. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. no, absolutely Mm-mm. not. Absolutely not. Absolutely she's not a frenemy not. though. She's not a frenemy though. She was a frenemy. Now she's not a friend at all. 
She hasn't unfriended my husband on Facebook or blocked him. I have nothing to say to that because I unfriended her a long time ago. So. She just mysteriously disappeared one day. Anyway, back to questions because oh, we're talking. Man. We're spilling secrets. Yeah. Shit talking with Molly and April. I mean, uh, you're good at that too. It's true. January talks about how her books are considered women's fiction. I hate um, that fucking title. Sorry. And, and I, I want to read this quote um, on page 68. All right. Uh, I scoffed. Here it was. The always ready anger rising like it had been waiting for an excuse. Yeah, well, you're not the only one who doesn't understand it. This is in reference to why she has women's fiction. Uh I said, I know how to tell a story, Gus, and I know how to string a sentence together. If you swapped out my Jessica's for John's, do you know what you'd get? Fiction. Just fiction. Ready and willing to be read by anyone, but somehow me by being a woman who writes about women, I've eliminated half the Earth's population from the political read potential readers. And you know what? I don't feel ashamed of that. I feel pissed that people like you will assume my books couldn't possibly be worth their time. While meanwhile, you could start on li- you could chart on live TV, and the New York Times would praise your bold display of humanity. All right, so. Is this publishing injustice? Is she right about this? I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I actually wrote a whole paper about this, actually, in college when I was doing my fiction work. Because cool. you're totally prepared for this question. Um, the designator of women's fiction is a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. And I will say that to my dying days. It's mm-hmm. treating women. It, we have to designate. If you have to put the word you have to put a gender in front of a book. You're automatically changing the view right. of how people view that book. Right. And we can't just call it fiction because right. we need to advertise towards women. Women are going to want to read this. Like women's fiction automatically has different col- Like they have color schemes set mm-hmm. up for women's fiction only mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. approved by massive publishing houses. When an author mm-hmm. goes in and she is dedicated, because it is always a she, mm-hmm. she is designated a woman's fiction author. They give her, they go, okay, what do you want for your cover? And she go, you know, she'll say X, Y, and Z. And they'll go, okay, this is your approved color scheme. And she can pick from those because mm-hmm. women's fiction is supposed to be bright and fun and light. Mm-hmm. If you make women's fiction dark, it gives it a different indicator, right? Right. So I didn't plan those to be there. It just kind of was a helpful tool. But it works for me. It it changes the the shelf view of it for prospective buyers. Well, I thought what was interesting was this book. I found this book, Beach Read, in the romance section Mm -hmm. of Barnes and Noble, Um, and it's one of those books. If you're on uh, YouTube now, you can see the cover art. It's one of the cartoony covers that are like really trending right now. Like these are really Mm -hmm. popular covers. But I didn't think this book was a romance novel. To me, this was more like a women's fiction novel. I don't think that this belonged in the romance section. I think the only reason it was there was the cartoon cover and the sex. Yeah. But you can have sex that you find in regular fiction. Like, I don't know. There's sex in all kinds of regular fiction. There's but, sex in, in, in murder mystery. There's sex in, like... Right, right. Sci-fi, fantasy. And I don't know if it's because it wasn't cut to black, because it was, like, actually sex. But to me, this was, like... 
I, I would like to compare this to a better written Emily Giffen novel. Yeah. Like, I think this is a better written Emily and Giffen And she's novel. women's fiction. Right. And that's why I use that as an example. Like, to me, I, don't, I, I personally did not... I, I know you're a bigger fan of Emily Giffen. I personally do not I, like Emily Giffen. But um, as a whole, like, I've read a few of her books and I'm just like, it's not it for me. But in libraries, we don't have a women's fiction section. It's just fiction. Um, but it's pretty obvious what books are in that section that are geared towards women. And mm-hmm. um, it it's starts, going to be certain colors and yep. it's going to be um, certain authors that you know to look for. And um, yeah, I, I agreed with her that this was like, this was problematic. There is, um, if I can find it, I will put it in the notes. There was an article from the early 2000s that talks about how publishing houses and um, mm-hmm. agents would talk to authors, female authors, about making their names softer mm-hmm. to make it more appealing. Right. So, and I think we've talked about this before, the difference between like young adult and new adult. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one, even though they're, are they 30? They're almost yeah, she's, like, she's, she's, she's turning 30, turning 30 or and he's over 30. You're right. You're right. Because it's his 30th birthday when it starts and she's 28. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, Thanks. I, I thank you. <laughs> Listen, you act like I would never admit no, being wrong. No, but I, I, just, I am not. That's not how I roll. If I'm no, wrong, I know I'm that, wrong. Baby. I know that. Um, but yeah, so either she's thirty or he's thirty-two or something like that. One of those. But he's definitely two years older. But um, like I, uh, I, I, to- I fuck Molly. I We're don't... talking about names and fiction women's fiction and i give up i I have no idea we don't we have a whole 24 23 more books to finish well i've i've got i've got plenty of questions here i just forgot what i was saying then so (laughs) okay but um move on (laughs) but uh, no i yes we need to divide oh sorry new adult i think this is still new adult even though they are 30 that's where Mm -hmm. i was i found it i found my point. Your final point. I point. I understand we need designators when it comes to dividing books because we can't just throw everything in one section and hope for the best. Mm. We need to be able to help and sort and divide. But it gets very... I'm trying to find the right word. Well, I don't even think... I, I don't want to say derogatory, but it, as an author, it feels derogatory sometimes mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you're told... Like, as soon as you're told by anybody that you are mm-hmm. women's fiction mm-hmm. where you're put where you're shelled where you're viewed mm-hmm. is completely changed well all three of the books that we're reading this month beach read matchmakers list and happen one summer i bought them all three in the romance section matchmakers yeah. list matchmakers list is women's novel. fiction it's not a romance novel no there is no Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no women's fiction section in Barnes and Noble. That's so okay. Okay authors that. like Colleen Hoover, mm-hmm. who are writing stories that have sex in them, but are mostly like tragic drama. Yeah. drama, they're in the romance section now because social media has done that, right? Mm-hmm. So like the trending thing is now romance novels. Everybody's reading the romance Don't worry. novels. We'll see all those. They'll make a new section called 
TikTok or social media influenced soon. They already have that. When I was in Barnes and Nobles, they had, they have completely redone the romance section. So now they have a historical romance section, which they've always had. Right. And they have spice talk. So it's the really spicy trending ones. I can't. That are on there. And then they have like, they have a whole table that's just book talk, which is not. I'm not kidding you. And then they have like the remainder of the romance section, but they have a whole section that is spice talk now. Okay. And uh, let's just hope it doesn't make it to the Dewey Decimal System. eh? It won't. (laughs) That's not how we classify things in libraries. And also fiction isn't classified by Dewey. So yeah, but, but I have worked in libraries before that are genreified in the adult fiction section. um, And we had a romance section and a paranormal section and I was in charge of stocking both of those. And let me tell you, that is fucking hard because there are so many fucking paranormal like romances that I'm like, where the fuck do we put it? There's an alien or a vampire or a ghost paranormal romance, but it's both. Where do you, where the fuck? Um, anyway, just I put digress. the sections between each other and just make a line of those books. They, they were beside each other. It was like <laughs> either all right january's best friend shoddy provides some comic relief in the dating department uh do you believe them as best friends yes i am very much shoddy <laughs> molly as i'm reading this i'm going oh so this yin and yang is molly and i mm-hmm. i'm shoddy mm-hmm. yep. I, I, I i'm love, january i love the way she describes shoddy's relationships she goes, I, it, you know. I love it, that they have nicknames for all the guys. They never call I them by their names. I used to do this. We have, okay. It. When I was stationed in Houston, uh-huh. um, one of my office mates was recently divorced. And uh-huh. she would date. And uh-huh. um, we would do this. We had, we had dubbed one of the guys she had dated who was, was our reservist, who we called Ginger Cow. <laughs> We called him Ginger Cop because that's, we knew his name, but mm-hmm. it was code for just mm-hmm. in case, right? Yeah. Um, but I love, I love how much January loves her. Mm-hmm. That is my favorite part of this. Yeah. I could give a fuck less about their relationships. I love that January loves how Shadi is in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I love that she supports Shadi in these relationships. Yeah. I love how she embraces Shadi as she is, who she is. That is yeah. friendship. Yeah. Clean and break. Like, yeah. that is why our friendship works. You and mm-hmm. I have a lot of different opinions on a mm-hmm. lot of different things. And yeah. sometimes those are strong opinions and we mm-hmm. don't agree. Do we respect each other? Yes. Do we agree mm-hmm. on basic civil rights? Yes. Mm-hmm. But at the yeah. end of the day, our views can differ, but we still support each other and love right. each other right. as we are. Right. And right. I think that is a... I think you get romantic and platonic mm-hmm. soulmates all the time. Yeah. It's a matter They're of each other's I, person for sure. Yes. And Shadi is her platonic soulmate. I like when Shadi calls her out and tells her, like, I've never actually seen you fall in love. And she's and, like, like, she gets I was defensive. With, yeah. She's like, I was with, I can't even think of his name, but I was with him, Jock, right? Jock, Jock. I was is with French him. French Canadian like, or French? Well, he was French because they talk about going to see his family. Um, Like, 
she's like, I was with him for a really long time. Like, what do you mean? I never fell in love. And she's like, you didn't fall in love. You are falling in love with Gus. Like she calls her out on it because, because she knows her. And Mm -hmm. like, there's something to be said about that. Like you and I have been friends for a significant chunk of our lives. We've been friends while we've been married though. So like my other best friend that we've talked about before Dawn, she's been my friend since middle school. Right. She's seen like parts of my life that like as an adult, no one would even know that. Like why would they even know that part of my life? But But she's got you. Like she's your forever thing. Right. 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 And I I've told her before that she's the longest relationship I've ever had. And that's okay. I'm hers too. But you know, it happens. It happens. What are you going to do? Um, all right, so let's talk about Pete, Gus's aunt. Oh, Pete. Is she believable as a character in, a, in small town Michigan? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I grew up in a small town in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was actually two, actually. Mm-hmm. Sporadic gay couples. Mm-hmm. And they were like the community's gay couple. <laughs> Right? Community gays. Community gays. Because, I mean, in a small town, being open and out in the 80s and 90s is hard enough. Yeah. So I think the fact that it was a college community yeah. made it more believable. Like, I feel like small yeah. town, Michigan, Upper Peninsula, mm-hmm. when it's not a college community, like, I feel like they would have stuck out more. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not read Pete without a Southern accent, even though... She's um, from Michigan. Like, I don't book, know why I couldn't The audiobook kind of gives her a uh, butch feminist, uh, butch lesbian a, voice. She needed a Midwestern twang, but I was reading her like she was from the deep south. And, it you know, she fit, had though. that kind of drawl. But it would she, fit. Yeah, that's how I was reading her. I loved Pete. Um, I think it's great that, sh- that, like, she was, like, involved in their relationship, but, like, on the outside um, she's gonna help, but not a lot. She's she's definitely, of course, the catalyst to how Gus in January, like January, finds out about Gus's life and his divorce and all that. I'm wondering um, if Gus had talked about January in the past. I'm sure. He and did. Pete just like remembered yeah. and was like, "Oh fuck yeah, I got a moment here to play." Well, like she invited them both to book club so that she could like. Like, what a ins- hit, hit to the gut. She, you, you've been on the top. She invited two authors. It wasn't covering either of their books. Like Times best-selling authors. Authors that have hit the top ten. And she's just treating them like fucking people. Well, that's like, because they are. Like, it's her nephew. Like, but January's so, a practical stranger, right? Yeah, well, she, she didn't even stock January's books. So, like, she didn't, like... That's nothing to her. Oh um, I don't know. I really liked her. I thought she was great. I like kept... her relationship and their her dynamic with um, her nephew and her wife. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's dive into the love story. Okay. Uh, we learned throughout the story that January and Gus were college rivals, mostly because January decided so. Um <laughs> Which is such Facts. an April move. Like, it's such an April move. Like, I hate you. We are now enemies. Um, I've decided people are my nemesis all the time. They don't yep. know if they're my nemesis, but they yep. are. They don't need our, to know. Our mutual friend, <laughs> our mutual former friend of me. Mm-hmm. She's my nemesis. Yes. Yes. I would agree. <laughs> but we learn layer by layer that they both had feelings or at least, like, crushes on each other. And there was, like, this weird Night sexually charged party. Yeah. Yeah. 
Christ. All right, does this change the em- enemies to lovers trope, or is it still like a cliche trope, or or does this is this different from that? It's still enemies to lovers because mm-hmm. they are both like in at least from January's point of view in our in our narrator's point of view it is enemies to lovers. Uh huh. If it was written from Gus's side, it would yeah. be a miscommunication trope, right? Yeah, I agree. So. It he never is, really quite understood why she didn't like him. <laughs> right. But also, in dumb boy fashion, he didn't directly come out and go, hey, I'm into you. Can I you like take you out to dinner? Instead, right? he just, like, banged all her friends. <laughs> you know, because when I'm trying to get somebody I'm sexually attracted to, it to into me, the first it, thing I do is sleep with all their people. Makes sense. That's definitely your go-to I mean, move, for it, sure. I mean, exactly. I mean, how... How else do you win favor amongst the group without showing them your glorious penis? I I mean, yeah, give the people what they want. Um, (laughs) I just thought it was adorable that, like, she loathed him so much that she wouldn't read any of his books. Like, she just didn't do it. But he had read all All of of her books. And, like, actually, like, knew parts of it and could, like, quote parts of her books. Like, he... Yes. He he read them all because he still has a thing for her. He's still hung yeah. up on her. Well, I mean, his best friend—I um, cannot think of her name, but we I can't either. That, but we think that it's a guy the whole time until we realize it's the best friend who's a girl. But um, she's not really comfortable with the fact that he's now with January. No, because, because she's like, "Hey, dude, she fucked you up once. You're gonna get right. more fucked You're up gonna, again. Yeah, this is and, gonna be bad for you." But the problem um, is, is January had no idea she fucked him up, right? Like yeah, she has she no didn't. clue. No, she was just like, "Whatever, fuck you, dude." He called her a princess, or and, right. and she was like, "If over he would have clarified that." I think that, that would have been like what he actually meant was I want to be you. I want this like I want this sunshine and rainbows point right, of view. Right. Like and instead he's just like, whatever, princess. And it's yeah. like, okay, well that's fucking derogatory. And he only ever critiqued her work because he thought she was so talented. Like he Everybody didn't else read was it. lesser than. Yeah, he didn't want to read anybody's bullshit. He wanted to read January's like high quality writing. But he was like a dick about it. Such a dick. <laughs> but he, he thought he was helping her be better. Skills. Like he was help. He thought he was helping her be better, and she's like, yeah. this guy's a fucking douchebag." What's like, happening, asshole? Why is he so mean? <laughs> oh man! All right, there are so many fantastic lines about the way Gus's eyes dance and liquefy. Is Gus dreamworthy boyfriend material? Boy, book boyfriend material. He is definitely a book boyfriend. He goes on the book boyfriend list. However, I think, I think he he's lower be on the, the list because he's high maintenance, man. He's going through a divorce. He mm. He's real dark and twisty. Mm. He's got this whole Christina Yang thing where he's like warm and opens up to you. And then he's fucking pushed off and won't fucking. He gives me such strong Christina Yang vibes that mm. it gives you whiplash. I read this line and texted you guys, you and Katie uh-huh. in our group chat. He cracked another smile, faint, like he'd rather rather not reveal it. It instantly made the car feel too small, him a little too close. And I was like, fuck, that's a good fucking line. Yeah, and then I have to say, like, I feel like I hit the husband jackpot because 
all of these writers are writing men who have the brown eyes, the brown hair, and they're all like grumpy to the sunshine of their counterpart, girlfriends, wives, whatever. And like, they're the men are always like weird at communicating, and so the you women married are just your book like, boyfriend is what you're telling me. One hundred percent. Like I won the jackpot because I married the husband that like everybody's writing. Like yeah. they're all writing my husband. So I was like, cool. I I, I won. Valid point. <laughs> I won. <laughs> um, but Gus is definitely up there on the book boyfriend list for me now. Like I still struggle with Maxim Shreve being my number one. Like chef's He's kiss. He's a child, to, though. Well, I mean, he is, but like, he's not. He's 19 in that book. So it still feels like a child to me here. I I feel like I feel like my book boyfriend list has become more age appropriate now because now I've started reading adult romance novels instead of YA. Um, So I'm allowed to like them. And of course, I'm still obsessed with Edward Cullen, who's only 17, but he's actually 109. So it's okay. Sure. It's okay. Sure. Anyway. Yes, he is definitely, he definitely can go on the book boyfriend list. 100%. But he's definitely, like, on the needs improvement side. Like, needs Mm -hmm. to go to therapy. Check. He was in therapy. He was doing the work. Yeah. All right. Let's talk talk about the sex. Uh, So they don't actually have sex for the first time until 242 pages into the novel. Pretty deep. Slow burn. Uh, but there are several close attempts. Huh? <laughs> We've had slower. Yeah. There are several close attempts. The drive-in movie, on her couch, even that weird thing at Olive Garden where they were like. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, what was happening there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so was this burn too slow, too fast, or just right? I liked it. I liked it too. I liked it. It felt very realistic. I mean, think about when you're dating. Yeah. And like. You almost hook up and then something happens and then you almost hook up and then something happens and then I you know. almost hook up. Yeah, I forgot we're I'm talking to you. But in, <laughs> I love you. But in, in my in my experience I never like hooked up like sex, right. but right. I've been there where I've been like the sexual chemistry and like then right. we kiss kind of thing. Right. So it, 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 it it's um it's very believable. Mm-hmm. I think it's so. very believable. Uh, did you feel like the sex with a, was a worthy payoff to the slow burn? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, 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 as I, a writer, I, writing writers, having sex against the bookshelf was like. like oh, no. I love that. I love that she I, called him out on it. She was like, do you always like do this so you can look at your own books? And like, he's so into the sex that he doesn't even realize that she's just told, took another dig at him. Yeah. And then like, after they're done, she's, he's like, did you really fucking ask me that? <laughs> it just, and I love that she mocked it. Like, I know, it was amazing. Was, there was are amazing. several times in this book where she's like, I know I'm writing a cliche. And let's dive in deeper to it. Yep. Right? Let's just it's, lean into it. It's like Love Hypothesis where she's like, there's only going to be one bed. Like, I know there's only going to be one bed. Like, it's just, you know. It happens. We have to be aware. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyway, I, I liked it. I thought it was a better payoff than things like Love Hypothesis right. because it did have more than one, like, actual intimate scene. Uh, the book that we're going to read at the end of this month had a lot of banging. Yeah. That was a lot. Um, but I thought it was good. Um, 
and I, I really enjoyed their chemistry and mm-hmm. I liked how the sexual tension built. Like it started with that weird Olive Garden, like, you know, weirdness. Yeah. And then it like built to like, now we're making out in the car and now we're making out on her couch. And like, I love that when they have sex for the first time, he doesn't have a condom because like, why would he bring a condom to her basement? Like, why would I just like roll up here in your basement with a condom? Like, I love that. I loved that. Um, man, I really liked this book. I feel like yeah, I'm hog- hogging this episode. No, it's okay. All right. There are several underlying stories in this book. January's dad, Gus's abusive father, Gus's divorce, January's breakup with the long-term asshole boyfriend, Shaddy's random relationships, the mom. Yeah. Were there any that you felt didn't belong or did you feel they helped to drive the story? I feel like she spent, I felt like there was a lot going on, mm-hmm. but I'm going to defend it. Oh, so, okay. Um, well, yes, there was a lot of sub stories going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like she worked them <clears throat> in appropriately. She didn't yeah. lean heavy too much into A, B, C, or D. Mm-hmm. All all of those sub-stories had equal time and were in right. appropriate manners. Like, yeah. the whole dad letter things, mm-hmm. she placed, I feel like she placed that perfectly in that story. Yeah. It wasn't too soon. It wasn't too late into the story. It was a good build to it. It yeah. was a good build to it. And it didn't go on. She didn't right. get on. It wasn't this whole long thing. She <clears throat> skipped around in the letters. Right. I... I feel it like, felt inevitable, but it didn't feel unnecessary forced. It didn't or feel forced. forced. Right. Yeah. And absolutely. I and I mean, I could have done without the mistress living in the town. I think yeah. that was unnecessary. And like, was friends with Pete, and Pete somehow wouldn't know who January was. Like to me, that felt that like felt, mm, that was that was a little unbelievable. Yeah, that yeah. was a little unbelievable. Yeah. But overall, I'll give it an eight out of ten. Like, yeah. I've seen a lot of stories. I've read a lot of stories where mm-hmm. there are just too many unnecessary details. Right. There's too many right. sub stories. There's too many, like, and you're losing the whole point of the book. Right. We get dark on both sides. We get struggle. We get pain. We get tears. Right. Right. But we still get joy and we still know the whole reason right. of this book. You, yeah. your, your, her main idea and her whole point never gets lost once. And that right. is a hard feat when you put that yeah. many kind of stories in here. Yeah, she did a really good job weaving it together. Like, yes, I agree with absolutely. You. I, I really had an issue, um, and I did ring my bell. I don't know if you heard me, but I yeah. did have an issue. I was talking with, a lot, though, but yeah, I heard you. <laughs> girl, you're okay. With Pete not knowing who January was, like, I not knowing that. Like, that, that to me, like... This One, girl is your friend and in your book club and you don't know about the man she's seeing. Like her high school sweetheart. Right. That she was fucking on the side. Right. And and, and you've been friends yeah. with her this long? Absolutely you do. Pete was you just know. playing dumb. Pete right. was playing fucking dumb. Yeah, that that to me was like a that was really hard to believe. But um <clears throat> for the rest of it, I felt like it did a really good and this is again why I say that this to me isn't a romance novel. It's more of a of literary it's more fiction to yeah. me. Um, there, she just did such a good job of blending these stories mm-hmm. together. Absolutely. And I think she did such a good job of the two main characters of January and Gus. They have parallel trauma. Like hers mm-hmm. may have happened later. It was happening her whole life. She didn't realize it, but it was. Um, she finds out later. Gus has the childhood trauma, but they both did 180s, right? So right. Gus was going to try. So he got married and he tried. And he, he went still through got the happy year after. Yeah. Right, right. 
and he still got fucked over. So he was still struggling with like, exactly, you know, whereas January went from like, everything is sunshine and rainbows and happily ever after. And, oh my gosh. That, right. That part where Gus quotes her dedication to her parents in the first yes. book. Oh my gosh, man. That book was just, this was a good book. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I to like me, that you got close. Like it was a secret. It was a secret. Like, <laughs> I need to tell all of you. All of you gather around. Read this Come book. Come here, little children. <laughs> not children. Don't read this book. No children. Absolutely not kids. <laughs> Grown-ups. Read this book. <laughs> um, all right. So the ending. All right. We love spoilers on Book Besties if you're new to our pod. I have a whole list of spoilers just, I want to cover. We just talk about spoilers. I'm sorry. We just, we're not sorry about it. No. Sorry, not sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't want to hear the ending spoilers, skip ahead a little bit because yeah. we're going to talk about it. I mean, we already um, talked about a bunch of it, but whatever. Yeah. So I've talked about in previous episodes how I don't care for the engagement end cliche. Um, but I like a happily ever after, but like, I just don't feel like they need to end engaged. Like, I don't feel like that always needs to be happily ever after. Um, like you could just be in a relationship. So right. that's where I, I, it, it looked like the book was going, like they were just going to end up in a relationship together. But then we have this uh, part where they actually do, um, get engaged. And, and, and my thing is like Gus was saying that he was looking for a happily ever after, but didn't necessarily need that to be marriage. So I'm not reading what I wrote here. So I'm skipping around and now I'm confused. All right. How do you feel about the ending being that they got engaged in front of the people they loved? Um, I, in a note. So that's a throwback to like what yeah. the writing was this cliche. I, I mean, what I do you liked think? it. Oh, excuse me. I liked it. Um, and I liked that they gave them, it was like nine months later or something. Right. It was, it was like, like I think it was like a year yeah, later or something. It, like she was about to do a big book event or something, right? And it was his birthday because he right. just wanted to go to the beach. Right. And the book starts with it being his right, birthday they because they have a party. She, right. Because she exchanged her arc with his finished product. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for those of you that don't know, books go through a lot of processing before right. it even gets to the final right. cut. Right. And in that, you go from edited to, to raw book to editor one, editor two, sometimes editor three, four. It depends on your editor mm-hmm. and your publishing house. He had his finished, finished copy mm-hmm. that the editor had approved everything. And but not had, an arc. This and was not an arc. So it was bound together, they right. talk about. So the arc means the publishing house has approved it. Mm-hmm. The one he's holding means his editor approved it. And mm-hmm. the, okay, now that we've clarified publishing 101, mm-hmm. um, they swapped. Mm-hmm. And they spend the day reading. They spend the they spent the day adorable. reading it, which was super cute. Fucking and adorable. like his ending is even though I think he lost the bet, like that's not a happy ending, dude. That's not a happy ending. That that that's not that's not just because you think they're happy dying. Uh, no, um, right. Your characters died, died together. So. Died. Um, no, no, I think she definitely won that bet. What was I yeah. going to? What was my point? I'm sorry. Uh, did you think that that was cliche that they got engaged at the end? No, I don't. I, it felt very much them. It felt mm-hmm. very much like they were taking it slow too, because she was living in an apartment and I mean, it was a little cliche that it was in a note. Like they used to write the notes together the when Taylor they were writing. Notes. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was a little cliche. Um, I, 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 I didn't mind the engagement this time. 
It was cute. To me, it, it felt, it, I mean, I, I think it could have just ended with them being like together because that would uh-huh. have been fine. Like, I don't think they needed to get engaged. Also, we never know when Gus has finalized his marriage, like his divorce. So like, he's still married. I just kind of skipped over that. Yeah. So we're assuming he's divorced at that point. I was assuming too. Yeah. I mean, especially by the way, he like spills his guts out to her in the rain. Cause of course it was the mm-hmm. rain. Um, like it had to be them dancing in the rain because that's the shit that she writes and he swore he would never do it. It's ah, ah, that full circle. I loved it. Um, I actually had a note to myself here that I gave it a 4.5 on Goodreads, not a four. So Goodreads doesn't allow you to do halves. So I gave it a 4.5, but I think it actually on Goodreads is rated a four because to me it wasn't perfection and I very rarely give the fives. Yeah, that's true. But I ended up changing my rating of a book that we're going to ca- talk about later this month because I didn't want it to be the same rating on Goodreads as Peach Read because I thought Peach Read was better. <laughs> nice. Even though I tend to like um, estimate, I tend to round up except uh-huh. when it's going to be a five. But anyway, I, I, it was the other, it was the story that like yeah. the disconnect about her dad, like that was what kept it from being a five for me, but I really enjoyed it. I didn't mind them getting engaged at the end, even though like I didn't think that was necessary. I didn't mind it. Right. All right, so uh, did you have any favorite lines? Like, I have so many. Did um, you have any? Favorite? I wrote one down, okay. and I can't remember where it's from because of absurdly the specific details. <laughs> I know that's a Gus thing, but I can't remember why it's a Gus thing. <laughs> Gosh. Um, There's a lot of good one-liners. Shoddy has a lot of great one-liners. Shoddy's yeah. freaking hilarious. She is really funny. Oh, this is a good one. And this is a shout out to Nurse Katie, too, because she texted us this. Uh, you never get the paper umbrellas you were promised in the world. That's Gus. And she says, Gus, I said, you must be the paper umbrellas you wish to see in the world. Gandhi was a wise man. That's his <laughs> yes. Um, oh, foot job. You got to read foot job. Oh, my gosh. I don't have that part, Matt, Ma- like Mark. It's right in the beginning. That was freaking hilarious. It was freaking hilarious. Uh you know what? No, um, read the book. Go get the book. Read it yourself. Then you yeah. can hear the foot job part. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Um, I, I like this. Uh, oh, this is the part where he says "love you," but like we don't really acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, you're sick and twisted, January Joe. A- Andrew, Andrew, January Jones. You're sick and twisted, January Andrews. Gus said, "That's what I love about you." Yeah. And we're just gonna let that dangle there. Yeah, just gonna it let did, it dangle. Just sat there. It just, just gonna really sit just there, there. And oh my gosh, like I just really. Um, because even though he would probably never learn to dance in the rain, it was Gus I wanted. Only Gus. Exactly Gus. Oh! And then this one, this is it. This is at the end, too. I've never met someone who is so perfectly my favorite person. That, that is Matthew Biggs for me. See, that's Tom for me. That's it's 100% Biggs. him. Perfectly my favorite person. Perfectly yes. my favorite person. Do I hate him sometimes? Absolutely. But see, that's the thing. Like all these imperfections. But he's still my per- he's favorite still person. perfect for me. Right. He's still exactly. My person. Yes. I, and I, perfectly my favorite person. Yeah. All right. Let me see if I can find the foot job part, and then you go ahead and um, what so, what do, things did you want to talk about? Um, I have one thing. I really think I have two things. Um, I'm gonna go light then heavy because I found it. Okay, do the foot job, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> do the foot job. I'm not doing the foot job, Molly. 
Um, I'm telling Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so this is this is page ten and eleven. Like this is right jump. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Shadi was talking about getting off of work. Right. Uh, for Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Um, and she's talking about. Um, this is January says that she probably won't get her license back because she's out of state. Um, and Shadi, Shadi was a terrible driver. She screamed whenever she turned left. Besides, you know how scheduling off is in this industry. I'm lucky my boss said I could have the 4th of July. For all I know, he's expecting a blowjob now. No way. Blowjobs are for major holidays. What you've got on your hands is a good old-fashioned foot job quid pro, pro quo. <laughs> Right. Low jobs are for major holidays. It's just foot jobs for, for minor holidays. <laughs> Want Memorial Day off? Foot job. Foot Christmas, job. on the other hand, you Low better job. be ready to put out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so um, there's two things that we didn't cover I want to talk about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One is, um, can't remember Pete's wife's name. Hmm. Fuck, but I her, can't either. Her famous punch. Okay. I want to go over what's in this punch. And then I know how to fix it's it. Get drunk punch. That's what it is. So in this punch specifically is vodka, coconut rum, blue curacao, tequila, pineapple juice, and a splash of regular rum. Okay. First and foremost, that thing will light on fire. Hmm. Secondly, there is ways to fix this. All this alcohol is fine, but we need to even out a little bit. So on top of the pineapple juice, I'm going to tell you to put a whole thing of soda in it. I don't care if it's Sprite, Mountain Dew, orange soda, put fucking a whole two liter of soda in there. If you're making this punch, a whole two liter of soda. Her name is Maggie, by the way. Maggie's punch. Yes. Maggie's punch. Okay. And then I want to jump into chapter, my heavy thing. By the way, Molly is good at mixing drinks. So trust her on this. Like, do not make what Maggie says. You, you, you have That's how you die. That's how you die. You come to me and I will help you fix this punch. I have I, I have friends who specifically will message me if they're like a alcohol recipe isn't working out. And uh-huh. they'll be like, hey, how do I fix this? And I'm yeah. like, I got you. Listen here. I got you, boo. Boo. I got this. Okay. So um chapter 19. Okay. We're talking about um, her mom's meltdown. She remembers, January remembers her mom melting down, talking about how she was 42 Mm -hmm. and she feels like her life is over. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I want to talk about this for a second because this is very much a stay-at-home mom thing. Um, As a stay-at-home parent, we, I'm going to get serious for a second. As a stay-at-home parent, there are times... Where our lives become dedicated to others. Yeah. Your life is your children, your spouse, your home, and you lose little bits of yourself. And I feel this all the time. And I tell Matt this, I I have this podcast, but I do not have much that is just mine. Yeah. And that hit really hard. That Mm -hmm. whole, yeah, I feel like my life is over thing. Mm -hmm. I, if a, Stay-at-home mom tells me she's never felt that way. I'll feel like she hasn't been a stay-at-home mom for very long. She's lying. That's what the truth is. She's lying to herself as well, right? Mm-hmm. Not even just mom. Stay-at-home parents in general. This is a feeling that is universal. Yeah. When you I mean, I, dedicate yourself 100%. to others and put yourself on a second level, mm-hmm. it 
it takes a part of you away. Yeah. Yeah. Should January as a child heard that? No. That is a guilt mm. no child should hear. It has no. nothing to do with them. No. Um, right. But it is something we as parents have to figure out how to work out. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. um, I mean, this was, what, the 90s? So, like, mm-hmm. therapy wasn't as, like, such a big deal back then. And people weren't going to therapists as much. And mm-hmm. it was just a shut up and take it kind of thing. And... Yeah. I don't know what my point is here. My point is, is I see her mom. I get her mom in that moment. I don't understand why her mom wouldn't talk to her about the mistress. That was a whole weird thing for me, but. I think she just didn't know how to deal with the fact that her life was a lie. And was imploding at the funeral of her husband. Yeah. I mean, I think she felt like her life was a lie. Yeah. She dedicated her life to To this man. Yeah. And he was in love with his high school sweetheart. I don't think he was ever in love with the other woman. You don't think so? No, I really don't. I think maybe he She was the, in love. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he was. I think he had the um, you'll be good enough love mm-hmm. for her. But I don't think he had the same love. That Forever he had love. For, yeah, for, for his wife. For, yeah. Um, that's all I got. Well, I mean, I didn't mean to end on the heavy. So foot job, foot job, foot job. So I can just (laughs) bring the energy back up, man. All right. Let's uh, we're over an hour. I'm sorry, guys, but uh, we tend to do that. So um, this edition of Beach Read has a has a plug from Jasmine Gilroy. I thought you would like that. I love that. Yeah, because I know you like her. So, all right. So we did Beach Read today. So here's what we've got coming up next week. We are going to read Matchmaker's List by Sonia Lolly, I think is how you say her yep, name. I think um, so. She's uh, hearted some of this and commented, commented on her, some of our social media. So that's kind of cool. Um, um, so this Canadian is a Molly pick. She's writer. Canadian, yes. And it does take place in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we are going to ta- wrap out the month with It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. And I've gone ahead and read the sequel. This is the sequel, Hook, Line, and Sinker. Of by course Tessa you Bailey. did. Well, I mean, they're more companion novels than like sequels because the sisters are, they're sisters. Okay. Uh, um, and the men they're with are best friends. So like, that's where the connection is. But um, Mildly so, incestual, but okay. <laughs> I mean, it happens. Like, Oh, I know. My grandparents married siblings. Like, my grandfather and his brother married sisters. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Also Um, small towns, so, you know. Yeah. Well, this is taking place in a small town, too. Um, But anyway, so that's what we're going to wrap the month up with. And then in August, um, we're going to go back to, like, our normal, like, whatever the fuck we feel like reading. Um, And we have uh, my friend, Florida Megan, Florida Megan will be on in August to talk about um, the Night Circus, which she's reading currently and has never read. I picked this one and I picked it because it is a historical fantasy that I like because Molly keeps picking all this historical fiction. To clarify, she's talking about historical fantasy, not historical fiction. I want this clarified for documentation purposes because she's going to be mad if she don't don't like it. And she's going to be like, this is historical fantasy. I thought you liked it, Molly. I didn't like (laughs) Abby Rue, and that was historical fantasy. Right. So... I was trying to give you a piece of historical something or other that I liked. Okay. I appreciate that. Don't worry. Piper Biggs has already stocked us up for the next season. 
She's handing me three books. She's demanding to be on pod like, for four. <laughs> for those of you that want to peek behind the curtain, Molly and I have planned out what we're reading for the rest of the year. We actually have my friend we're Florida done. Megan's. Yeah, my friend Florida Megan. We, but we haven't read all these books. Right. No, absolutely fucking um, not. <laughs> and we haven't filmed the episodes. But no. Florida Megan is coming on in August. And then in September, we have Alexa. Her, I think her handle on Instagram is cozy blanket reads yeah I think um, she'll so. be on in september to talk about i just want to make sure that that's her name um cozy yeah cozy blanket reads alexa she'll be on in september to talk about one of her we'll tag it in the notes too yeah and um in october we have uh, a, an independent author coming on mm-hmm. to talk about her series. Her final book in the series comes out and in November. And we're just reading the first one, right? We're going we're gonna to read and talk about the first one, but the series as a whole, she's yeah. going to talk about. Wonderful. Because um, she's writing December, her, her final one's going to be coming out. It comes out in November, yeah. yeah. And in November, Chessie's coming back. And then in December, Yay, we have Chessie. another bookstagrammer. So, like, we will have guests from August to December. It's a packed um, season. It's a packed season, but I'm excited excited because like these are people that love books like we love books um these are people that have social media followings Mm -hmm. and you know we're building our social media following and you know we're we're growing and we're getting to see them grow like Mm -hmm. it's gonna be really fun um i think it'd be fun Um, yeah and then people are trying to give us books and we're like well it has to go in season four because yeah i've already told piper it's it's stashed for four we have a list by the way my list is like this long to fill yeah. season four. So all yeah. my book, my TBR list, isn't even going to fit in season four. Yeah. I've stopped creating a TBR because my list is just like the pod list. Like here's what right. I can read. for the Well, pod. that's what I'm saying. My t- my, it's not even a yeah. TBR anymore. It's just a pod list. Yeah. So. But we've been betrayed by book talk and bookstagram. Oh, by the way. Betrayed. Yeah. Don't tell me you've read a book. You got a book off of book talk and you're in love with it. Love Hypothesis was really good. That's one. One. Beach Read was Out really good. Four. Beach Read was really good. Okay, I didn't know Beach Read was from Book Talk, so. Okay, I, mean, I think that's it for the day. I ain't got nothing I think that's else. It. We've <laughs> gone over an hour. Fuck. That's okay. What else is Happy there? first episode of season three, Molly. Happy season three in April. Love Until you. I love you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was Beach Read by Emily Henry. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Brigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you would like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.